back, my friends, to the In Obscuria podcast, a podcast where we exhume obscure rock and punk and metal, and we put them in one of three categories, the lost, the forgotten, or the should-have-beens. My name over here, right over, this guy over here, I'm Kevin Williams, that guy over there, over way over on your, there. On your left. Way over there. Yes. Yeah, Look gonna, for him. Pick, pick, turn to the left, and then that's me. That's him. And then take two rights. Robert Harrison. What's going on? Oh, man, actually not much. First of all, let's get this out of the way. Get this out of the way? Cheers. Cheers. Yes, it's time to party. Time to party, man. Oh, yeah. I had to fake the noise because I preemptively opened mine. So, same thing happened last week. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Once, Robert once I break it, the beers beer. down. and <laughs> It's just habit. It's got to open it. I've before. never brought beer and just looked at it for five minutes. It just No, <laughs> it's right there. Go ahead. All right. Well, what's going on in your world? Because I've just been working. I have nothing to add to the conversation this week. Oh, let's see. In the past two hours, I have spray painted parts of a fire truck. I have repaired a vintage uh, siren. What, a, what would you call that? A, a beacon, emergency beacon, which is the light bar that goes on so top of a fire light. truck. So that's a light. I always yes. call it a siren, but the siren is the thing yeah, that makes see, the noise. Yeah, see, I corrected myself because now that I own two and a half fire trucks, trucks mm-hmm. that I have to get a little more authentic. People ask me detailed questions and it's not a fire truck. It's a f- piece of fire apparatus. <laughs> and there's a difference between a fire truck and a fire engine. If you ever want to know that, I'll bore the hell out of you with those details. But yeah, so I've tried to be a little more authentic. It's not the siren. The siren is the big chrome thing that makes the noise. That That's right. a separate piece. This is a light bar or a emergency beacon. Ooh, an emergency beacon. Yeah. So it's the siren. It's the thing that flashes lights. It's the thing lights. that flashes lights. Yeah. So it's used and it's got a cracked lens. So I was over there with super glue. So I'm a little high. Mm. Sniffing the glue. Yeah, you've Living the dream. The right place. Living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the basement sniffing super glue. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I am a, sadder than a man in his 50s sitting alone at home in the basement. sniffing glue. <laughs> I've got lots of other areas in the home that I could sniff glue, but I was in the basement of all places. Because this was the only really place that if I made a mess... I'm not going to be that unhappy. So, well, this room—it's a multi-purpose room. Well, you said a couple of weeks ago when we moved down here, you said this is sort of like a '70s or '60s your parents' basement. Yeah, we didn't even bring up the fact that that '70s show—they used to sit down in a basement that looked kind of like this, smoking uh-huh. pot. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a partial inspiration. So is Red still thinking about giving you the car? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> even if we do get it, we're going to need some. Serious gas money, because the cruiser's a boat. <laughs> I know it's a boat. This whole gas shortage bites. Who's getting a boat? <laughs> there is no gas shortage, man. It's all fake. The oil companies control everything. Like, there's this guy who invented this car. That runs on water, man. It's got a fiberglass air-cooled engine and it runs on water. So it is a boat. No, it's a car. Only you put water in the gas tank instead of gas. And it runs on water, man! never heard of this car <laughs> hey jackie's good for gas money <laughs> you are such a whore <laughs> when does that boat get here whore? 
that was partial inspiration from my past. Although we didn't have a lot of basements in Florida, we had split levels. A little too humid. Yeah, you didn't dig below about a foot. If, yeah. you, if you dug a hole more than a foot deep, you'd hit water. You call that a pool. It was a pool <laughs> or septic <laughs> tank. pool. One of the two. <laughs> we don't talk about that. But we had split level houses, which were kind of like a basement. So th- this is my version of, you know, I've bought homes to remodel that had these kind of basements, the cool basements that were cool in about 1968 mm-hmm. to 72. Yeah, so that's the- They doubled as a fallout shelter. Right? Fallout shelter shelter, swingers paradise, (laughs) kind of the same thing. (laughs) The key club. Yeah, they put your keys in the bowl. (laughs) Is that what that bowl's for? Yeah, that's what that bowl's for. That's a different podcast. All right. Well, after you put your keys in the bowl. Good, baby. Very good. Go listen to Pot of Thunder, Cobras and Fire, Growing Up Rock, Slamfest Podcast, Decibel Geek, A to Z Radio, Metal Up Your Podcast, The Hustle, Disciples of the Watch, Podcast Rock City, Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast, State of America, Rock Strikes 10, Potter Than Hell, Podkiss, The Kiss Room, Ages of Rock, Retro Zest Podcast, The Synaptic Empire, and don't forget about Monty, Monty's Rockcast. Come visit us in Obscuria.com. It still looks the same as it did last week. Like us, share us, recommend us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, buy some of our swag, and leave us a damn review. It's been a minute. The quarter's coming up. That's right. We need a quarterly review. <laughs> Get that phone call. Hey, can I see in the office here? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we got to talk. All right. Well, Robert, I had to get back to our roots here this week. I needed something to influence roots? me. Which roots? No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking Musical about our, roots? No, no. I'm talking about our massive exploration of the occult that, that we're oh, really into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's who we are. So are you familiar with the phenomenon known as pareidolia? Is that the thing that if it lasts more than four hours? <laughs> Call your doctor? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. no, No. Pareidolia is when... One sees images of animals or faces or objects in formations like cloud formations or in inanimate objects. Hmm. You ever seen a, like a, a face in an... Like a wolf in a tree yeah. uh, stump or yeah, something like yeah, that. something like that. Okay. Paradoia. Paradoia. Not noia, but doia. Right. Okay. No, I, I've, I've never heard that term, but I, yes, I have seen visions of animals and different things. So scientists... There's one over there by the door licking himself. I see Oh, that's a real... Sorry. That's a real real dog. That's a real animal. So scientists will tell you that seeing images of, say, Jesus or the Virgin Mary or Elvis Mm. in objects such as potato chips, toast, toast, clouds, they say that's normal and it's based on a physical cause and it's a psychological thing that exists within humans. Mm -hmm. But you and I, we know better. We know because we're in touch with the supernatural, the metaphysical world, if you will. Yeah, we spend quite a bit of time there we do let's get metaphysical we know (laughs) too soon rest in peace we know (laughs) that the spirits are trying to communicate to us all the time and that just half happens to be one way and scientists i've had to block a few of them i'm like dude you gotta just chill out exactly i don't need to see your face in my poop yeah so (laughs) there have been very famous sacred sightings and objects throughout time and there's even been people who have done pilgrimages to see like the Virgin Mary in a piece of bread yeah. or something. And that was, it's a real thing. They've worshipped it. Or in the case of the Virgin Mary grilled cheese. You ever hear of this one? I've heard of that one, yes. Yeah. Is that one that's sold on eBay? or Monetary gain here. I'm not sure this is so religious. But yeah, some web, I think it was a casino, a web-based casino bought this thing. This lady saw the Virgin Mary in a grilled cheese sandwich. She took one bite out of it, saw the Virgin Mary, put it in a plastic wrap or something mm-hmm. and kept it in the freezer for like nine years. Then she decides to sell it on eBay and some casino, some online casino 
bought it for $28,000. Now, if it was a real casino, I might understand because they want to get people in to look at it, but where are you going to go if it's online? I have no idea. So you can pull up pictures of it, which you can pull up pictures of it Exactly. I have no idea. I guess, you know what it was? Three or four newspapers did a story on it, and that was about $28,000 worth of advertising for them. I guess that's it. That's probably what it was. So I have to tell you, uh, you know, I'm- What did you buy? I'm not like the science. I didn't buy anything. Didn't do it. I was going to say, Didn't do it. There goes all of our budget for the year. But this morning, I burned my toast, Robert. I burned my toast, and when I pulled it out of the toaster, he was staring right at me. Ooh. Kevin Dubro from Quiet Riot. Oh! Nice. Was in my toast. I haven't seen him in a long time. That's yep. that's cool. How's you he know, doing? He passed away quite a while. He yeah. looks like he's doing all right. He still has curly hair. Yeah. Still receding. I'm not still sure receding. why. I'm not sure why because that's it rec- happened. It receded. It came back mysteriously, and then it, it went away again. Yeah. So I knew that he was trying to send us a message, and mm-hmm. so I was thinking, okay, burned toast, Kevin Dubrow. Quiet Riot. Okay, if I'm putting this together like Robin in a Batman show, that riddle, riddle me this, that means that it's time for into summer party. We're all burned to a crisp, and it's time to party, do bro style, with loud guitars, fast cars, and wild, wild women. Nice. <laughs> and do this party. So this is episode 141, Beneath the Hair, volume 5, Forgotten Glam Metal, Summer's Over. Oh. God, I think 87 will always, always, in my mind, be the summer that I remember I miss. That was like the fun times. It was the last summer before I had any responsibility or cared about being responsible. So I can't wait to hear this. I remember, for me, it was obviously 91 when I graduated high school, and, and hair bands were still reigning supreme mm-hmm. that summer. That was before the the world changed a little bit yeah. after that. But yeah, I just remember there being parties like pool parties mm-hmm. and you were cranking up the Cinderella and all that all the stuff that was hip at the time, guns and roses and all that stuff. And it was like yeah. party anthems after party anthems. Those bands, the hair bands knew how to party. Yep. And they knew how to write songs about partying. And throw in Van Halen, even though I don't, of course. I don't consider them a hair band. I kind of do. They were hair band adjacent. I kind of do. They were right there, but still, it's the same everything else, because they had... This is actually with Sammy Hagar. It was The a summer less, song. Oh, yeah, man. Love that Summer song. Nights summer on my radio, nights. which I had to change to Summer Nights, and my Camaro. Ooh, oh. Windows down, cruising in that. But all the girls loved it that, when you sang oh, that. yeah. The big two 12-inch pile drivers that, that we custom built for the back of that. Well, that's the thing. We're going to listen to songs about rock and roll obviously you gotta, yeah you're gonna have a party you gotta rock and roll man we're gonna hear songs about fast cars mm-hmm. gotta have songs about cars you're gonna party that's right you're gonna have some beers you're sitting out with you're your friends out late. you gotta get you're home talk quick about, you're talking about cars you're talking about women lots of women some beers you're talking about beers oh man this is gonna be it's an end of summer party this i can is feel it. the mullet growing out already oh oh i do too feel it's long oh i got a rat tail by the end of the show i'll have a ponytail <laughs> So let's kick this off. We're going to start it with a band. I'm going to play a song from 1986, so I'm going to get you in the mood here. So this is an American heavy metal band, uh, glam metal, whatever you want to call them. They're from L.A., just like most of them were. Very similar to the band London. Do you know the story of London? You you no. did not watch Decline of the Western Civilization I still, It's on my list. You need to watch yeah. that. So they do this whole thing on London, and the deal with London was that every former member of London had gone on to fame and fortune, and mm-hmm. London's like the band that never went anywhere. But it was a Nikki, stepping stone. Nikki Six was in London, and all these oh, really? all these guys from all the bands in the '80s were in London at one point in time. London never did shit. How long has London been together? 
tooth on here. This is 1979. Yeah, well, this is like the uh, training school for rock stars. Yeah. It's like we get somebody in the band, and uh, as soon as they leave, they become rock stars. <laughs> so who else has been in the band? A couple of dudes from Guns N' Roses, a dude from uh, Wasp, and uh, Nikki Six of Motley Crue, Freddie Corey of Cinderella. See, we've been in this town for so long that, like, we're like a cheap hooker on the street. <laughs> Nobody wants to know about it. So what happens is we, we have a big following out of town. We come back here, they offer us 50 bucks to play at the Troubadour or wherever. <laughs> on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. But we will do it for a bar tab. Yeah. So the people that were in London that did not go on to right. fame and fortune just right. really are still irritated London. right now <laughs> <laughs> so this band is very similar to that although not quite as extreme they did have a little bit of success and this band though they did have members that went on to do other things from hair bands so there was a guy named jakey e. lee in this band i'm about to talk about yeah, yeah. he kind of went on to do some cool we stuff saw him once. there was a guy named craig goldie was in this band and a guy named claude schnell Schnell. Schnell. They went on to play with Dio. Okay. And then this guy, the last guitarist they had, so I've just named a couple of guitarists there, the last guitarist they had went on to form a band in the 90s called Orgy, who had some success in the 90s. I'd go see that show. (laughs) (laughs) So the band I'm talking about is a band called Rough Cut. Oh, you ever hear Rough that's Cut? a great name. That is so 80s. Yeah. And Cut is with two Ts. Two Ts, of course. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So this band knows how to party. They were heavily, heavily influenced and developed by the one and only Ronnie James Dio. Not D-O-G. Not D-O-G. Ronnie James Dio. And the reason is... His wife, Wendy, was manager of this band. This is one of her first bands. with band management. Mm -hmm. She's got it down to the science. Obviously, she managed Dio, but she also managed this band, Rough Cut. She manages his hologram now. She did. That was her whole deal. She did that and I think realized it was a failure. Yeah, it was just was. It was interesting. I wouldn't Uh, say it was good, but it was interesting. That's pretty much across the board what I've heard. It was like, "Mm, it was interesting, yeah. Yeah. I liked it better when Ripper came out and sang. Yeah. Because that's what happened. Just play the covers and let him sing it. Yeah. Well, they had two singers and Dio. I don't really know why they did that. Like, Ripper would come out and sing some songs. Yeah. And then Holodio would come out and sing some songs. <laughs> Holodio. That's, Cobras and Fire have a running joke about Holodio, so I, I stole that from them. Okay. So, Baco. Hey, you know you credit, man. Give him credit. That's a good one. Yeah. So, Holodio would sing, and then, who was the other singer? Jizzy Pearl? No, no, no. They opened. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. And here is, on the line, one of the leaders of the Brotherhood. It is the mighty vocalist of Lynch Mob and Dio Disciples. It's Oni Logan. Anyway, we're talking about Dio and Rough Cut here. So, actual Dio. Yes, the actual Dio. He actually produced the early recordings when Jakey e. Lee was still in the band. I'm not playing that, though. So after Lee left and after Craig Goldie left to join Ronnie James Dio's band, they finally got signed to Warner Brothers after the, after the major the, talents the, Yeah, the left. stars left. <laughs> so they got signed, and they opened for Crocus and Accept and did a lot of touring with Dio. Imagine that. He had the uh, inside connection with yeah. him. Now, in 1980, in Tokyo they played this awesome festival which was one of their biggest shows they ever played they played with Dio Foreigner Mama's Boys Sting and Earthshaker that's a pretty big show now we've played Earthshaker they're one Mm. of the Japanese bands we played them on the Japanese metal episode and we've played Mama's Boys. We played them on our, uh, what was it, our Irish episode. I don't remember that. Irish hair band. Yeah. And then there's this guy named Sting. I don't really know who he is, but yeah, Foreigner guy. and Dio. You know, that's pretty I think cool. he's a wrestler. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. He was. You're right about that. They were supposed to be produced by Ted Templeman, Van Halen. Oh. Okay. As Van Halen's producers. But that kind of fell through. So they ended up going to Tom Allum 
who did all of the Judas Priest stuff in the 80s. Okay. Pretty badass. For their second album, they had Jack Douglas, who did all the Aerosmith albums. Once again, proven track record. Pretty awesome opportunities, but they just never, they just never broke. Mm -hmm. Just never broke. So two solid albums, and then Paul Shortino, the singer, left to replace none other than Kevin Dubrow. He went to Quiet Riot. And replaced Kevin Dubrow when he got fired from Quiet Riot. What year was that? That was 80? that was eighty eight or eighty seven. Okay, later, somewhere around later there. 80s. Okay, yeah. so two albums, eighty five and eighty six, and then they actually just released their third album. They reformed in two thousand, but they just released their third album last year, twenty twenty one. Okay, so Paul Shortino still doing it with Rough Cut. So we're gonna listen to something from eighty six, and we got to kick it off with just a pure rock and roll loud guitar song. This is We Like It Loud. Yeah. Turn it up! 
And now we like it in a, a reasonable volume. <laughs> we, we like it, but not, not as loud, maybe. What? Hearing problems. <sighs> All right, so 86 was pre-Camaro. Mm. So I was driving my dad's Mazda B2000 pickup truck. Which is a small, really tiny pickup truck. Oh, yeah. I had, I had a Mazda SE5, so. Say, yeah, I think yours had an extended cab. Maybe. I can't remember, but they're not good for anything. <laughs> they're horrible. Of all things, this is great timing because at that time, one of my good friends, Billy. 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 Uh, I won't <laughs> give his last name. I don't want people harassing him. Billy was, let's see, in high school, I was 114 pounds, maybe 115 pounds, I think, when I graduated high school. But I was 5'9". I'm the same height. So I was just painfully thin, to say it nicely. <laughs> Not a lot has changed. Not a lot has changed. Well, I've, I've regressed. I bulked up to a whopping 162 back Ooh. in the 30s. About the time I met you, we were both on the sauce. Yeah. The creatine. Yeah. <laughs> we looked horrible, but I weighed more. So anyway, well, so I was that way. Billy, on the other hand, was like 6'2". I don't maybe 200 pounds big dude and so we would hang it like the odd couple and he had a volkswagen rabbit and it was diesel oh really slow and i bet it, was, it smelled great oh yeah it was horrible so we you know in the summertime we had nothing better to do we would i think we built custom speaker enclosures for this volkswagen rabbit and it had a bitch and sound system and then we turned around right after that i got my camaro and we built a custom enclosure for those two 12-inch pile drivers. And so we, we'd hang out and do that together. We painted a Volkswagen. Well, lo and behold, we knew each other from basically junior high through college, moved away, lost track. I kind of kept in touch through Facebook a couple of times. Well, he's coming to visit Wednesday. I haven't seen him in person in 30, maybe more, 35 years. Wow. And so we're going to reconnect. It's going to be, I'm really excited. He was a really good friend of mine. So this is perfect that we're going back in time. I wish it would have worked out where he could have come by because what I was going to bring up was we would listen to some good metal, mm -hmm. but it was Christian metal. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. So he was my source for all of that. I didn't know. I mean, at that time, I was some just transitioning cross. from you know, Striper and all that. Mm -hmm. I, I would, he would know the names. See, I don't know any of the names. Go figure, nothing's changed. Uh, <laughs> but I was just listening to what's on the radio, top 40, pop, you know, whatever, Tears for Fears, and which I still like, but he was my connection for all the metal. Right. So that's why I wish I could bring him in. Maybe someday we'll, we'll get him on to talk about that. But this is not Christian metal. This is just no. rock and roll metal, good old days. So I was sweet and innocent at 16. I'd not yet been corrupted by the world a year or so later. So once again, driving this Mazda B2000 with four-inch speakers, it was hard to really rock out. Right. But we you would, liked it loud. I liked it loud. But you couldn't quite get there. But it sounded horrible in this pickup <laughs> truck. When it was loud in the truck, yeah. But I, I still remember drag racing in this Mazda. Wow. Uh, a friend of mine had an MG, and I raced him and beat him and embarrassed him to this day because he thought, oh, I got a sports car, but I beat him <laughs> in a pickup truck. So this is bringing back some great memories from 86. This is pre-getting arrested in the Camaro days, but still raising hell in this small town. We had nothing better to do, but I, I'm going to have to do some research now and get some names of these that I was listening to at that time that you probably did not. Right. <laughs> a different yeah. world that we lived no, in. I was listening to this. You were listening to the actual stuff. You had already <laughs> grown up. I was going to be a little bit later maturity-wise. We've talked about the year 1986 and how you can tell songs just by the way they sound. Mm -hmm. And that is, this song fits so well into 1986. And I told you earlier, they toured with Crocus and Accept, and they fit right in mm -hmm. with those bands who sort of had already passed kind of their peak for Crocus and, and Accept, especially had kind of passed their peak. That was for early, their fame. To, early to mid 80s. Right. That was early latest. 80s. So they were kind of riding the trends a little bit, trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to be the next Motley Crue at this point. And they couldn't make that turn. And, and Rough Cut 
to me was no different. They were somewhere between early 80s, early metal and where the hair bands were going with Mm -hmm. the Poisons and Def Leppard and everything else. Really good band. This song was specifically played for Tony Griggs, who is one of our listeners, who has been asking me since we first started corresponding, dude, you got to play some Rough Cut. I'm like, all right, one day we're going to play some Rough Cut. We listen to the fans. And I'm... I said, yes, we will play it one day. And here it is, Tony. This is for you, man. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you like it loud. Never to be heard again. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love, love some rough cut. It was good stuff. Yeah. Now, we were in L.A., but I like my hair metal to come from Canada, Toronto specifically. Yeah, it's a little chillier up there. You got <laughs> even longer hair. Not the Sunset Strip. However, there were a the, ton. The, the Maple Strip. <laughs> the Maple Strip. Yeah, a ton of bands came out of Canada. And we've talked about this before. We, you and I have not heard of these bands. In Canada, they were, might be big. No. And just it's weird how the borders keep these bands well, from coming. It, it wasn't just that. I was the extreme opposite end of the country from Canada. It was my biggest international trip up until in my... 30s was going to Canada. I that was, was like, my wow. first international trip too. And how disappointed yeah. I was that it looked exactly the same <laughs> as the United States. I expect I don't know what I expected, but I was just like, ah, oh, this I, looks like Michigan I that we just left. Did you go to Montreal and Quebec? No, it was just right across, like oh yeah, yeah. five miles into Canada, right. which is why it looked exactly the same. Exactly. It wasn't even like wilderness. It was just another town right across the river. I don't even remember what town it was now, but yeah, I was. Extremely disappointed that Canada wasn't bringing out the exotic buildings and stuff. I remember thinking the same thing about going to Toronto. I mean, it's a big, big big city. city. Big city. It was, it was cool. But then when we got to Montreal and Quebec, and they couldn't understand a word that my dad and I were saying. Well, it feels "Hmm." like a foreign country. Then you're like, oh, okay, this feels. I need a bathroom. (laughs) Now, in honor of our special guest, I've created dinner mondu first. We have French fries and French dressing and French bread and to drink, ta-da, Peru. So anyway, let's go to Canada for this next band, and it's a band... So you loved Triumph, right? You've yeah. mentioned it before. You oh, loved yeah, Triumph. Yeah. This is I was a band. A, late, a latecomer to them. I mean, me it's, too. It's, me it's too. I, I was a recent thing. I liked their greatest hits when I was in high school. Yeah. That's all I ever owned, though. I never really owned an album until later. Now I own all of them. And that, thanks to Such your iPod, I'm such a good band. Had, able to go deep with a lot of their cuts. It was good. So this band was kind of put together in the early '90s. They were they were like, hey, we got to jump on this. This hairband thing, man, this is selling. But these were writers. They were writing partners of Triumph. And they decided to get together and form their own band. And they call this band Von Groove. Oh, God. (laughs) That's good. But it's it's so good, it's bad. Their debut album, their debut album did not, it's solid. I mean, it's a solid, nice hairband album. But it came out in 1992. Mm, a little late. A little so even though it's a solid hard rock album, the timing just killed them because of the emerging grunge and alternative scene. And I remember stumbling upon their name. I mean, you don't forget Von Groove because I was... Was there anybody in the band with the name Von There's something? not. There's not. Okay. And, and at this time, if you remember, I've talked about this before, but in the early 90s, I was really starting to get into funk rock. Mm. And I heard Von Groove, and I'm like, oh, yeah. there's my next, there's my next funk band. I'm going to check them out. That's worth eight bucks? Never found them. Never found them at any store I went to and didn't know that they weren't a funk band at all. They were like a <laughs> hard rock hair band. So years ago, when iTunes first started and... 
could start searching some of these bands that I remembered but never actually heard, I stumbled upon Von Groove again. And so I picked it up and it's solid. It's a good album. What I didn't know is that they had released, I think, six or seven more albums from 97 to 2001. Or I'm sorry, they released one in 95 and then another in 97. They went all the way to 2001. So they had a whole string of albums. They kept trying. They just kept trying. I think their second album, they did like complete soft rock kind of... Try something completely different. We can't compete with the grunge guys, so we're going to go the other direction Mm -hmm. completely. Air supply. I think that kind of backfired on them. But solid band. The first album's killer. So I'm going to play, this is Summer Celebration. I'm going to play, this is all about the ladies and all about partying with the ladies. So here's a little once is not enough.
Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Well, once it's not. Oh, right. that, that, that. Oh, baby. <laughs> Let's do it again. They're uh, talking about me like changing their oil or something right. like that. Oh, that was such a good job you did there repainting my kitchen. Yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, so that did not bring back a lot of memories from 1986, let's just no, say. this was 92. <laughs> there was, or, or even 92, just, yeah, 92 even. Yeah, there wasn't a lot going on at that time. Had that been released in 1990, hit. Yeah. Big hit. Yeah. God, that was good. I mean, I've... I'll make fun of it if it Cheesy wasn't. Cheesy-ass lyrics, it was but it's gourmet fun. cheese, though. But it's at fun. that time, in context, that was good. If that had been 86. Well-produced. Or, like you said, good, 90. Good sound. That had, the bass player did not change notes until a minute mm-hmm. and a half into that song. Bass players back then could really just drink a lot on stage. Anybody could have played that. I could have played that. Bobby dolled all over it. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean... Do shoot up with heroin while you're playing. <laughs> no, it's, that was grunge. That was grunge. <laughs> and Nikki Six. I'm sorry. He just he, he did a preemptive strike on all. So that. once is not enough. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Did they ever? That was you said the writing team. Writing team for Triumph. Why would you admit that you're a writing team, but yet that's your lyrics? I would have just said <laughs> no. I've never written a song in my life. I just kind of thought of that one night. Hey, but if if it's the late '80s or the early '90s, you're having some beers. You're partying. It's the end of summer. You got to go back to school or go back to work or go to work for the yeah. first time or whatever you're doing, that's a party song. That was a party song. And it reminded me of my friend. We'll just call him Quick. Quick. We're not going to We're not gonna say the full name. Quick Draw McGraw? If you know, you know. <laughs> Let's just say that. And I remember in, I don't know, call it 88 or so, mm-hmm. Quick had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I did not. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> or in 89 or in 90 <laughs> was, or whatever. I was getting at that early. I was yeah. like, yeah, there wasn't much yeah. going on. Was I was, it, but but quick in that, was in cool. That department. There's a but lot he, going on, but not in that department. Quick was cool, and he had a he had a hot girlfriend, and of yeah, course I was like, "You got to tell me the deets." Yeah, man. man. Yeah, what's it gotta, like? Yeah, like, what's, what, like? what's, what's that all about? Yeah. And yeah, he would he would tell me about these escapades, mm-hmm. and and I just remember, and I don't know why I vividly remember this, but he would go on and on about these escapades mm-hmm. that they were having, and this younger girl and we're only like 16 so she's like 15 14 years old and the things they're doing and i'm just like how long did that take (laughs) (laughs) did you like sketch it out first was there an agenda because you know rosie palm just didn't last that long (laughs) and i i remember him saying oh that it was like uh it was like a whole afternoon like yeah hours and hours i'm like man that sounds hard (laughs) sounds like hard work work. did you make a sandwich in between that jeez what I just remember thinking that was yeah. that was what I was aspiring to was to have these uh, you know tantric like four hour love uh-huh. making sessions eventually. You got to grow up a little bit before you get to that point. <laughs> he was I, doing it at sixteen. Yeah, what I found out there was none of that at sixteen. No, there's like you, you at know, sixteen. You're like uh-huh. the, the wind changes direction. You're like oh god. <laughs> You, know, you, you get a, the, the sports illustrated swimsuit edition of the mail. You're like, I gotta yeah. go. I gotta go. I gotta see you guys later. So, quick caused all sorts of future problems for me. Thinking just because I was thinking I was go. so inadequate because yeah. I wasn't having this, uh, you know, heavily yeah. tantric thing going on. Yeah, that, that happened for me. I think by my 30s, and Eva mm. was the first time that I discovered, you know, hey, it could be a marathon. It doesn't have to be a sprint. <laughs> 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 what I just my body's it. really good at sprints. Yeah, though. it's like <laughs> gotta go. <Ba-choo! laughs> point A to point B. All right, we've had loud guitars. Yes, we've had the wild, wild women. Now we're gonna do some fast cars. All right, mm. so now, 
that I had this experience is right with. Up, this is right up your alley here. Yes. So no matter what year it is in the 80s, this is right up your alley. So I had a few. This is an interesting one because here on In Obscuria, we like to play obscure bands. Go figure. This is a band I discovered on eMusic. I've talked about this before. It was kind of like a poor man's iTunes back in the day. eMusic. eMusic. And it's one of these things where I saw the cover. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm good at this. I see the cover and I immediately know I'm going to like it or mm-hmm. it's so cheesy. I'm going to love it. Either way. And this thing had the crappiest cover with these two guys, only two guys, hair band looking dudes with sort of mullet, sort of long hair, mm-hmm. black and white photo. Was it a perm or just stringy? One was stringy and one was perm. Okay. You so got, you had both you had, sides. You know, both ways okay. there. They went both ways. <laughs> It had a really, really bad, like standard bad font, like 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 you, a font. Of course, you would notice the font, but I don't know much about metal. Font, heavy metal, lo- heavy metal logos You're are a everything. Or a font. I heavy know. metal logos are everything, and when you have just like a standard like brush script. Yeah, <laughs> so you know what? We've never done this. We should play name that font where it doesn't spell the band's name. It spells something generic, mm-hmm. but in the band's font. Because I know we've talked about bands that rip off like Judas Priest's right or, or font, Iron Maiden or Iron Maiden's Leopard font. Yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna work that up. So this one, this band had an incredibly bad font. So I knew right away. I was like, I'm probably gonna dig this. It's either gonna be really bad, and I'm just gonna love it anyway, or mm. it's actually gonna turn out to be pretty good. I got the latter, but I couldn't find any about this band so you can find this album the band is called the rage the rage not rage against the machine that's a whole nother not rage the band from germany that does like power metal this is the rage i have no idea where they're from this album take on the world listed as 1992 Mm -hmm. when it came out but i can't you google schmoogle it you can't find anything the only place because you've got to put in very specific the rage I put, band. I, I put in, you just put in rage. I went Tom to the. Rello comes I went to the, every time. I went to yeah. Well, pretty much. But I went to the metal encyclopedia online, and mm-hmm. usually you can find everything in there. I went to Discogs, where they basically label any album that's ever come out. Cannot find this band, so they must wow, have changed this is the super name. Obscure. Yeah, super obscure, or they must have changed the name when they released it digitally or something. Because who knows why? Mm-hmm. You can find this on Amazon. You can find it on Apple. You can find it on Spotify, but you can't find anything about the band mm-hmm. otherwise. So we're going to play The Rage. I can't tell you anything about it. It's supposedly from 1992. I'm going to play a song called Hot Rod from 1992, man. This is this is you, Robert. You sure we're not talking about the other subject? <laughs> thought you said fast cars. Check it out.
Playing on that was fine. The recording was good. The content, it was just lifted off of every other song out there. I mean, you could draw a chart and just take every single piece of that song and make one connection to another song. Not six degrees, but just a direct connection to 20 other songs that were out. So I can see why that might have gotten swept under the rug, plus timing and probably five other things. But Their other song, though, You Got the Touch, was awesome. <laughs> This is Dirk Diggler's best yes. song he did. Dun, dun, dun. It's like a you Ted, got the Ted Nugent song. Yeah, it's like all these bad other hair bands. But yeah, the it's fun. It, it's classic it hair is band. Classic hair it was band. easy target cars. A lot of times, you know, motorcycles were the thing. They, you know, in videos, there it was like even more badass to be on motorcycles right. instead yeah. of hot rods. That was uh, we talked about that last episode. The, the Trans Am with Monster Magnet. I thought I was like, yeah. A video with a cool car, because that had gone away in the 90s. It wasn't cool to be in a cool car. <laughs> so, yeah, those days of, God, I've, everything you can do in a car or do two cars or however way you can be stupid in a car, I've done it. I've got the record to prove it and the tickets and everything else. But, yeah. that. Have you ever had a hot rod, a true hot rod? You've never done that, right? No, I've had sports cars. I've got what you would consider to be a muscle car. It's, mm-hmm. it's a newer version, but still it's, it's got 370 God bless America horsepower. <laughs> yeah. But you've never had a car where the engine is on the outside of the hood. No, uh, it's funny because a friend of mine, his uh, wife got him like a 32 roadster. It's beautiful for his birthday. And he's in, he was in his forties, but he, he uh, had a real good job. And so that she, you know, hit it and we gave it to him and come to find out he has allergies. Can't drive a convertible here in Atlanta during pollen <laughs> season. So it stayed in the garage for about two years and they traded it on something else. But no, though, I, that was always 
once again, it was a different generation. So every generation lusts after cars. I was from the eighties. A few friends had kind of muscle cars back then, like actual muscle cars from the sixties, but roadsters and hot rods are more like fifties. So that was like people 15 years older than me went after hot rods. So I never, I was going after the Porsches, the sports cars, you know, the German stuff, European cars that for some reason I just fell into that, which is stupid because it's not cheap. Yeah. Even anyway, the, you can't find the parts. No, I mean, I, I work on myself and I would end up getting the crappiest of the crap from overseas and it just, you know, it's, I keep it for a couple of years and sell it. So yeah, the, finally I got the American muscle and go figure. I've had it for 17 years. There you go. Wow. 17 years you've 17 had that car. 17 years I've had that wow. car. 270,000 miles on this car. That's impressive. And you know why? Because it reminds me of my Camaro. I, it took me three years to figure that out. I was driving one day and I was thinking, yeah, normally about this time I think about selling a car, trading it. And I realized, no, this reminds me of that bitchin' Camaro that bitchin'. Would never, it was a six cylinder. So it was always a little disappointing in the you know quarter mile. Let's just Not quite as way. bitchin'. Not quite as bitchin'. So you get me one with a, a Hemi and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is good. This is enough for me. I'm satisfied. This is what it's supposed to be. This is like. it's supposed to be. But yeah. good Lord, if I'd had that when I was 17, I would be dead. <laughs> absolutely dead the stupid shit that i did in a six-cylinder yeah there's no i would wrap it around a tree in 10 minutes so mm. no there's somebody looking out for me well let's get back to the party hey, dude, let's party. all right so we're gonna play a band that we mentioned in our last beneath the hair episode that was episode 126 that was the whiteout you remember the whiteout we did we talked about all bands oh, started yeah, with yeah. The white 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 the, this the white snakes, that and this and this and yeah this. so we talked about a band called white sister in that episode mm-hmm. and that was an la band and a few of the members left that band and formed this band tattoo rodeo oh yeah so we're gonna talk God. about tattoo rodeo this time. oh that's you know i, I miss how bad those names were back then though well it's tattoo awesome. rodeo did the thing that a lot of the hair bands were doing at that time they were kind of throwing in like a little twang a little bit of country like mm-hmm. like cinderella were doing it where yeah. it was like they started off kind of is a little bit stonesy but a little bit country twangy thrown in there so that's what tattoo Who's rodeo that? did okay who did the cover we all need a little shelter was, was that that was cinderella stones? that was cinderella okay mm-hmm. so th- that's what i was thinking of then yeah, yeah it was exactly Countryfied version of that yeah, so hair band. Cinderella Heartbreak Station era. That's kind of what Tattoo Rodeo was trying to do. They released their album in 1991, and they actually had a couple of songs on the radio with it. 1991 just got in before so, uh, things started to happen. But they went on tour with both Bad Company and Damn Yankees that year, which that mm. was a good tour. Those were both good tours yeah. to be on And in Damn Yankees were riding high in 91. Yeah, well, the Bad Company was too. Remember, it was the Bad Company with the different singer. It wasn't Paul I, Rogers. I don't remember that at all. No? No, should, I... The late 80s bad wow, company. Really? Yeah, it was cool. Well, I thought it was cool. It was more hair band style. Right, bad right, company. right. Okay, I have to go back, have to go back and, and look some I of that up. I forgot about that. Yeah, they were totally changed. Paul Rogers wasn't part of it. So, anyway, Tattoo Rodeo, they released this album called Road Hard and Put Away Wet in 1991. We're going to play something from that. They did release a second album called Skin in 1995, but in 1995, Tattoo Rodeo was not going to sell, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, that was the end of the road, the road that they rode hard and put away wet. Yes, that was the end of that road for them. So we're going to play Sweet Little Vicky. So here's another song about a lovely lady. So let's party with Sweet Little Vicky.
Okay, that was interesting because the first two minutes of that song, I was making a list of reasons why I didn't like it. And then it gets to the part where they start throwing in the strings. Right. A little bit of, just yeah. a little bit of synth. Big production that. on this And I'm thing. like, wow, okay, that came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that because in my head, it was 100% rip off of Cherry Pie. I was going to say, this is very Swing it to the left, swing it to the right. Very, they wanted up, to be. Down, fight, fight, fight. They wanted to be Skid Row yeah. and Warrant. And that's what they smashed together to do yep. this thing. But it's a big production. But once on it got thing. into the, the bigger part of that production, I'm like, only thing that's holding it back is the stupid chorus. Mm. Sweet Vicky! Sweet Vicky! Like, there was, it just, there was nothing for me in that. I just, yeah. I don't really know. It's a solid is. album, But though. that's, that song gets major props for the music on that, though. If they could have just worked on the lyrics a little bit more, but at the time, that was good enough, I guess, for them. They're like, oh no, this is going to be a huge hit. It could have been. Unfortunately, they were chasing Warrant and Skid Row a little too much. A little too, a little yeah, too a little closely. too heavy. But yeah. that, that, just that little bit of extra part could have set them apart if they just tried a little bit harder not to sound like Warren. Right. All right, Robert. Well, I think it's time. I love women. Really? That's the name of this <laughs> next song. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little too quick with that. <laughs> really? Oh, that's news. Yeah, that's the name of this next song. Yeah. I love women. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope so. You live with a house full of them. Yeah, so. yeah I definitely love them. Yes. So we're going to play a little sleaze hair band from Indiana. No, everybody's really nice there. Well, There's nothing sleazy Axel in Rose Indiana. came from Indiana. Okay. Izzy okay. Stradlin. Point, point made. Yeah. There's so serious heroin. This problems. band formed in 1988. And man, they knew if you're going to be in a hair band in 1988, you got to change your name, man. You got to have a rock and roll name. You got to have a name that says, I'm a rock star. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. They have a, two guitarists. One of them was named Thunder, and the other one was named Lightning. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It doesn't stop there. Give me some thunder. Um, Give me some light. I mean, it just writes its own song right It does. There. It does. You can have a whole album right there. On bass, they had a guy named Quiggins. I, I don't get that one, but that's mm. a one-name guy, Quiggins. And then they had- With a G. Quiggins. Tricky Lane on drums. Tricky Lane. And then there was Stephen David DeLong, who was the singer. The long what? I'm not sure. D- yeah, I'm just <laughs> the no, long hair. No, no, the no, long. No. He had the long hair. The long name. He had the long name in the band. <laughs> they got signed by MCA very quickly, just after because they, of the guitarist names. They're they like, got you got they, thunder and lightning in the band. Yeah, yeah. They got bag of cash. They got signed because every label was gobbling up hair bands and, and sound alikes. And yeah. this band's good, but I remember. Back in the day when this came out, I thought they were the shit. Mm-hmm. Like it hasn't aged quite as well as I remember, <laughs> but it's still fun. And they actually recorded this album. The band's name is Sweet FA. Now, first problem with that is there was already a band called Sweet. Sweet, yeah, pretty well known. And they had an album called Sweet FA. Hmm. Sweet Fanny. They couldn't Adams. change it to AF. That means a different thing. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, they they named themselves Sweet FA. I I think After that was probably album. not a wise decision. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, they recorded they, their album. 80s it, was not known for wise decisions. This Let's is just true. put it that way. Yeah. A whole lot of white powder in mm. those decisions. <laughs> but this album was recorded in Atlanta, Georgia. Their debut oh. album was recorded in Atlanta, Georgia with Howard Benson. And the name of the album is Stick to Your Guns. It sounds very 80s. Mm-hmm. This actually came out in 1990, but you know they recorded it's, in the 80s. The 80s went on to 92 Exactly. 92 and a half. Yeah. However, MCA dropped them in 1990 due to lack of sales. They released the album in 1990, and they got dropped from MCA in 1990. Hmm. That stinks. They did release a second wah, album, though. Wah, wah. 
and that came out in 1991. It did okay. And I remember I actually had their second album first, so it still did okay enough mm-hmm. so that I knew who they were and I'd heard yeah. them on MTV or something. But I always thought Sweet F.A. were really cool. It's a fun listen. Okay. So here's I Love Women, Robert. I Love Women. I agree. are six degrees of separation from Jesse James Dupree and Jackal. <laughs> Who oh, lives right up the street in Kennesaw. Yeah, and, and makes some good bourbon right now. He's, he's quite the businessman these days. We recorded at his studio. The swear did. Oh, the right. first time we were recorded. You had a connection with him. Yep. Jesse Co- James Dupree from Jackal. Yeah. Cock of the Walk Studios. Cock of the Walk. Yep, we recorded up there. And he, yes, he did have logs outside of the studio mm-hmm. that he had hit with some chainsaws yes he did i mean that was his claim to fame lumberjack that's what he did musical chainsaw yes that what'd was you, the 80s what do you think of sweet fa uh not your thing it was well it did have some chord changes for the bass player so give him props for that but everything else was uh 
yes. I think that song wrote itself. Yeah, winning. That song wrote itself. Winning. I tell you what, when I used to blast this, when I used to park and just open the car and Mm -hmm. just blast this and the ladies were walking by, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, hey, how you doing? I love women. They just keep walking by. Before they they had cell phones to call 911. (laughs) You never got canceled for doing that? No. Definitely from the poison Motley Crue vein of sleaze metal yeah yeah and once again in the context of that day and time that fit right in with everything else i really loved that in 1990 when that came out but hey it's you know some things age better than others yeah yeah there's nostalgia for hair metal then you listen to some songs Uh, let's see she's only 17 Uh, you know today like creepy uh, Creepy. i'm not gonna sing that anymore creepy yeah hey Robert, have you ever heard of this guy named Bob Rock? Yes, I have, because what a great name. Bob Rock. This is God-given name. Mm-hmm. You know who Rockstein? he is? Rockstein. You know who he is? Yes. Oh, okay. He's in the music industry. He is. In the... And he is a producer? Well, that's what mostly he's known for. He's okay. Canadian. Did you know that? He's a Canadian guy. Well, of course. Mm. I mean. All the greats are. Of course. Yeah, so he's mostly known for producing little bands like Metallica, Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, yeah. The Cult. He even did 311 for I mean, a while. he's no Mutt Lang. Most but... people really know him for Kingdom Come, but oh, yeah. he did those other bands as well. <laughs> they, they kind of set the bar high. Yeah. I, I can't remember if he did Kingdom Come in Your Face. I don't think that he did was that a, one. No, that was That was the second Bob album. Schlock. I don't think he did that one. <laughs> oh, man. Did you know that Bob Rock was a musician? Maybe. Did you know that's where he started? I knew this because I... Think I same thing. I, I just mentioned him, but I think I remember hearing stories about Mutt also, like picking up the guitar and just showing the guys, like, here's what you need to play. Or, you know, just hit, hit the tape and let me just play for you. Right. So I think some people know Bob was a musician because mm-hmm. they know that he was uh, in Metallica for a minute when they were looking for a bass player. He played all the bass on St. Anger when they were tracking really? that atrocious piece of crap. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, that was Bob Rock on bass. But I didn't know that he played guitar and I didn't know that he came from kind of a punk background. He was in a Canadian punk new wave band called Payolas. And that's kind of where he got Look his start. You're bringing the knowledge and the up. trivia. I'm just, you know, bringing it, bringing it to the people. And of course, after his major success with Dr. Feelgood and the Black Album, he decided it was time to get back into the game because obviously he is Bob Rock. He Keep is his is out. So he formed a band with some of the guys from Payolas and he called it Rockhead. Rocket? Bob Head. No, Rockhead. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes, Bob Rock's Rockhead. Uh, you know, not everything can be hits. Yeah, so he had the former drummer from the Payolas, and the album featured a bunch of guest spots from members of Bon Jovi. The I mean, cult. think of all the phone numbers this guy has. Exactly, man. He just did Feel Good in the Black Album. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the top of your game. How could this not be? Rolling in cash. How could this not be the next thing? Mm-hmm. This is Rockhead. He actually did a tour in 92 supporting Bon Jovi with Rockhead. Mm. The album did not sell well, Robert. Didn't sell well. And they disbanded. And and he returned to his career in production, mainly with Metallica. Making millions. Making a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. So let's hear a little Rockhead, because we're partying. It's 1992 when this thing came out. And yeah. every band, I think, that was considered part of the hairband movement had a song called Bed of Roses. Well, let's hear their version of Bed of Roses.
You know, I give that a four out of five for uh, danceability. He tried really hard. I mean, he that's pulled out every producer every trick. Every little He had trick. rock and roll tambourine. He had rock and roll piano. Cowbell. And most importantly, rock and roll cowbell. Yep. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. And the, you know, I, I don't know. That, that had it all. The problem, it sounded like every other. 1992. Was it was good, man. Yeah, it's a but solid. It was, Hey, it's it a, a solid album, yeah. but when you compare it to everything that was going on in 1992, especially with the things that were changing in 1992. First of all, you take half of the listeners that you would have had, and they've already turned. Right. It, the other half Turn is still hanging. Yeah. <laughs> Turncoats. Traders. Traders. But the other half is going, what's over there? What are y'all looking? And there's not a lot of eyeballs or ears on this music at the time. But what I was going to say was, this is one of the problems at that time. I mean, I was definitely into music in the early 90s, and I was into classic rock i kind of missed the hairband phenomena because i went straight from pop rock a little bit of van halen to going back and learning the classics and catching up with everybody and by the time i caught up grunge i, I went straight to grunge so for me hair bands all that they all sounded the same because i had not taken the time to really listen to them like you had and i remember almost getting my ass kicked somebody brought up bands i'm like yeah and that poison they're like dude that's motley crew <laughs> and i'm like same thing don't you dare yeah and to me it's like yeah it's all the same thing of course i understand there's a world of difference between motley crew and poison now but back then i didn't they're all just hair bands they all just blended in it because of that sound right there mm. you could put any band's name on that could be fourth song on 74 different albums that could have been the fourth song on that album it became very vanilla spread yeah, yeah. and it was good if you just listening to that one song it's good it's, a, it's fun it's listen good. fun listen yeah exactly but, but nothing, everything sounded the same yeah Nothing to I think that's one them. of the nails in the coffin for that movie. I mean, they everything was changing for different reasons, but that's one of the reasons. It was so homogenous. For Ooh. that was half Ooh. a beer word yeah, right that's there. A good one. My vocabulary starts yes. coming out. Yeah, come on. Well, we're getting towards the end of the party here tonight, and uh, I don't know about you. Did you go home like after your freshman year of college or your sophomore year? <laughs> yes, biggest mistake ever. So me too. I did it one year. One year, and I that did was the it. First year, I mm -hmm. went home after freshman year, and I actually had a girlfriend that summer. Really? <laughs> How about that Good for you, oh Mister Williams? Look at this guy. Go yeah, grown but, up. But what happened to every guy who did this? You have your girl for the summer, but then you got to go back to school, mm -hmm. and that's just not going to transition. That's, yeah, you're like, you got to leave that summer thing. We can in the keep summer. it going, but you yeah. know it's a big school. Yeah, so that's that's why the next song we're going to play is kind of a wind down of the summer. Mm -hmm. We're going to play a song called "Loves a Bitch," and uh, this is from a band that I had heard of. This is one of those bands that I read about, but I never actually saw their album anywhere. Mm -hmm. So again, it wasn't until much later when I was in a used shop or something I, I found a used CD. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, that was that band from five years ago that I remember that I never actually heard. The band's called Beggars and thieves and it's an la band and two of the guys had previously been in a band called modern design with vinnie vincent and slaughter bass player dana strum who was kind of a big deal a great that name time. for dana strum. strum come on it's the best fred picker <laughs> jody, so, jody slap so they got signed Damn. to atlantic records in 1990, they put out a self-titled album. I read about it, but you never really heard it other than I think they played a video or something on MTV, which obviously I didn't see because I didn't have MTV. No. But I read about it. Yeah, I, by then I was back out on my own, so I didn't have free cable that I stole from the person across the hall. Yeah, so they you know, they had a couple little, you know, slight movers on the, on the radio and MTV. And for some reason, they decided to make a move from Atlantic to Epic. And unfortunately, it's all about the timing. Mm-hmm. 
because at the time they did that, all of a sudden, Epic's like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What's this Pearl Jam and Nirvana stuff that's going on? Oh, sorry, guys. You probably should have stayed with Atlantic because, yeah, we're, we're going to go ahead and sever the contract. Um, yeah, we're, we're not going to release what you're oh, planning on producing. Geez. So they made the move, I think, for more cash, and in the end, it ended up screwing them over. They finally got their second album out in 1997. Mm-mm. 1997, Mm-mm. sorry. No. Not going to happen. But they've since released three more albums, and they remain somewhat active. They're kind of on the Vegas scene, so they're doing the Vegas thing. That's cool, Beggars and Thieves. But their first album is really good, and I'm glad I found it eventually. And I'm going to play from it, and this is Love's a Bitch. End of the summer, you got to break up. Sorry. True story.
truer fucking words have never been spoken, <laughs> says the half of the podcast that's never been married or even engaged. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would have made that song better as I'm thinking about it? Some visuals? Like no. A, oh. If a certain man were singing that song, the, the lead singer's fine, yeah. but to me it sounded like a song that needed to be sung by a Mr. Paul Stanley of the band. Cheers! You're right. Your I didn't think of that, that sounds at the time, like but it, 80s kiss. Now that you said that, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That could have been that a, could have been 80s kiss. That could have been on Crazy Nights or something like that. That Wow. That okay, is such I, a kiss. Once song. again, didn't think of it until you said it, and now I can't get that out of my head. I had no idea what I was gonna say now. <laughs> Dude, okay, I, I, I love this listen band. To, now I, I gotta listen song. to it again yeah. just with that in mind. Well, yeah, You're so right. That was a bitch. You are I could so, so right. see Paul Stanley doing that. God, they could have made you know, hundreds of dollars by selling that tickets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they could have been in debt. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway. Gene, Gene would have figured out a way to go, well, if you pay me 50 bucks, I'll record it for you. No, Gene, in, at this time, Gene wouldn't even been there. He'd been like, uh, Bruce can play the bass. That's true. <laughs> Just wind him up and let him go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Beggars and Thieves, that album is really good. Came out in 1990. I mean, good production. The guitars mm-hmm. sound fantastic. No, that's okay. That's the commonality. All these songs you played from the late hairband era, they had figured out how to do it. They it was knew a how to record guitar settings on everything. They had all figured it out. You have not played any song yet where we're talking about. Well, it was a cheap ass recording of it. Right. No, that's in the early days. They have everything dialed in. So even these bands that don't have massive budgets, they're making them sound like they do. The only thing that you can say about these songs that we've played is it's the drums. Like the drums are overdone yes. with the effects. and. But that's what the style was. But that's what they did back yeah. then. But yeah, I dig that band. And yeah, so into summer loves a bitch. Sorry, babe. Yep, gotta I got to go. go back to school, and you know I, we got to play the field. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I remember moving home for that first summer because once again it sounded like a good idea. Free rent. My mom's home cooking. Can't beat mm-hmm. that. It, they would actually wash your clothes. Yeah, I'm like this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. This, I went I, two semesters again, without washing. I'm on clothes. the beach. I mean, our, our parents, you know, my parents were, you know, we lived on the in the beach town right on the water. So the but that first Friday night, walking out the door, and my mom goes, "Okay, where, what time are you gonna be home?" And I just had that moment of <laughs> what. Uh, what did you just say? Uh, what do you care? I just spent two <laughs> semesters at Florida State University, one of the top five party schools in the country, and you're wanting to know what time I'm going to... No! It was just like this horror... I don't think I just walked out the door like, no, this is not going to work. Oh, God, what have I done? Yeah, very much the same with me. Uh, and I remember I fibbed and said school started two weeks earlier than it did. No! Just so I could leave, Get out of there. Get out of there. And I, yeah. I don't remember where I stayed for two weeks, and then school started. I went to summer school. I mean... Oh, yeah, every so, summer after so, that, I took one class. Well, I did it that... So I came home to my hometown, and then I was driving to Winthrop, which was about, is a small school that mm-hmm. was maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes away from my house. Mm-hmm. And so I thank God I went to summer school because that was the only way I could get out. And that's, of course, where I met the girl that I was dating that summer. That's but. what you're supposed to do, man. You lived a dream. That was the way you go. Oh, man. But I, I worked on the beach in a tourist store. <laughs> a bunch of irritable tourists. It was not the dream job. Oh, man. Well, it is time to, to end this party and, you know, summer's over. We're mm. going to be moving into... Even though it's going to be hot as hell for another six weeks. Exactly. You know. Metaphorically, Still, summer's over. Yeah. In theory. School's back. Over. Like, your girls are back in school? Oh, yeah. They're back in school. Okay. Yep. Everybody's back to normal. Traffic sucks again, thanks to the Traffic. school buses. Oh, yeah. It's all the same. But crap. Do you see what happened today? What happened today? We had another fire under a bridge. <laughs>
Like that's now what we're known for. Shut down 285, right under Ashford Dunwoody. The uh, same guy? No, different, different <laughs> guy. A tractor trailer caught on fire underneath the freaking bridge. Not six feet out from under it. No, underneath the bridge again. Did it burn the bridge like it, before? They've got it shut down. Oh my God. Probably till tomorrow. So you know how bad. This part of the road, uh, 285 is the perimeter around town. It's about 10 lanes wide at this point. And it's where they're been perpetually under construction. So having that part of Atlanta shut down all afternoon. Right now it's shut down and probably until tomorrow. I feel for everybody that's got to drive to work mm. today and tomorrow. I got to go to the airport tomorrow. You're going the opposite direction. You'll be fine. But yeah. So a few years ago, we made international news mm-hmm. when, <laughs> yes, a major interstate that yes. goes through Atlanta, the bridge, some guys set a fire underneath and, the bridge and it burned the entire thing down. Yes. I mean, the road was gone. You're talking 10 lanes, 12 so, lanes. Well, wait, so to explain, the DOT had stored oh, yes, coils yes. of pipe, this plastic pipe. Also known as petroleum. Petroleum-based <laughs> product, which is flammable. They stored dozens of these huge rolls underneath the interstate. So this dude was whacked out on who knows what, lit a shopping cart on fire and just pushed it into to those tubes and of course then it, they went up just like napalm And it did. It, the The bridge ended up collapsing. Yeah. It was a, a huge mess. But I mean, it was a major debacle because yeah. that's a. It was a major interstate that went through connecting basically all of Georgia with Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. The Cheshire Bridge Road happened. That bridge over there it happened twice with cars catching on fire at the bridge or under the bridge or something like that. And now again, we've had it at a major interstate with a bridge has been damaged by a fire. The hell's wrong with us? We're just not right. We cannot <laughs> get our shit together here. All right. Well, let's bring this party to a close. The bonfire is going apparently. So (laughs) let's get some marshmallows. A few weeks ago, we had a show and we talked about super groups. And one of the groups we played was a hairband super group called Contraband. Mm -hmm. And the song that we played was Loud Guitars, Fast Cars, and Wild Wild Living. But But we mentioned there was a band that covered that song a few years after Mm -hmm. it came out in the 90s. And they changed it to Wild Wild Women. So we're going to play that song. And we I both think, agreed that we like that better. So here we go. Yeah. We're going to we're, we're going to play it. Prove it. Yeah. So the band is called Blue Tears. They're a band from Tennessee and they came out in the 90s as a hair band doing their thing. It was just timing. It didn't work out for them. Mm-hmm. They were in Tennessee in the 90s and times were changing and a hair band from Tennessee in the 90s wasn't going to go anywhere, unfortunately. But pretty kick-ass version of this contraband song. So I'm going to play Loud Guitars, Fast Cars, and Wild Wild Women from Dancing on the Back Streets by Blue Tears.
I have a new theme song. All right. Like, you know, when Chipper Jones walked up the plate, you'd hear Crazy Train over the PA system. Right. So next time I do something worthy of anything, a, anything. Going upstairs, make going a upstairs, sandwich. Make a sandwich. Somebody better play that song. All right. I'll wait downstairs. When song's over, I'll come upstairs and make a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> better with women in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Wild guitars, we, fast cars, and wild, we, wild we, women. We hit that on the market last time, but absolutely. That's the theme. That's the summertime theme. Absolutely. I mean, that's the key to life right there. It's the way to close a bitchin' party. Hell yeah. Hairband style. Sunburnt, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Dubro. Yes. For showing yourself to us and saying, it's time to party, boys. Magic toast. <laughs> Did you save it? You can sell it on eBay No, my now. kids ate it. Oh, okay. They don't care who came to the They don't know what that is. No. Like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to eat Put it. Put some jam on it. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> no, kids these days, they use Nutella. We, we did jam when we were kids. They do we, Nutella yeah, that these was, days. That's for fancy people. We, well, we couldn't afford that. We could I afford. Even, I didn't even know what that was. We, we made our own jelly. My grandmother made it for us. We never even had to buy jelly. Now, did you call them preserves or did you call them jelly? No, it, it was or jam. There's a difference. There is a difference. No, this was just jelly. Then there, there was some preserves. There's usually strawberry. Yeah, and you get big thick chunks of, yeah, of the fruit. Whatever that was. Yeah. I didn't like that. That oh, was a textural thing. We used to eat fig preserves. Oh, yeah. That's what my, We've uh, talked about this my before. My grandmother made that. This oh. is the best southern dessert ever. Here's the recipe. Oh. Hot cat head biscuits. They're as big as a cat head. They weren't tiny. They're big. Mm-hmm. like As big as your hand. Mm-hmm. They're still hot out of the oven. And you eat your dinner. But then you have another biscuit that you save. And you stick your finger down in the top of that thing. And you waller it around. That's a technical term. Waller it. Waller it. You kind of uh-huh. wring it out a little bit. So you, there's a cavity now inside this biscuit. You take that fig syrup right out of that fig preserve. And you pour it in there. This or cane syrup. We made sugar cane syrup because yes, yes. we're in Florida. We had molasses. And it was, yes, you Yankees. <laughs> we, <laughs> Yankees in Yankees, North Carolina. Yankees, you know, you're Yankees up in North, uh, you know, South Carolina. But yeah, you filled as much as you could without it leaking out. If you leaked out, you're a loser. And then you tried to eat that. And it would just run down your neck into oh, your shirt. Yeah. And God, I wish I had some best. of that right now. Yeah, so I'm we, so hungry. I used to do honey. So I would, could, I would yeah. save the biscuit for the end. If, you if didn't we had have it with dinner, and I would, I would put the butter on it and then put the honey on it. And oh, man. Yeah, so good. You know, that makes me think of KFC Buffet. Do you, have you ever been to the buffet <laughs> at KFC? Yes. Kentucky Fried Chicken came up with the idea, let's do a buffet in the, the mid, 90s. mid-90s, yeah. early 90s, because my cousin and I would go there on a Sunday morning, and we would bring the newspaper, and we would try to put them out of business. <laughs> we would stay there for like three hours, eating this buffet slowly but surely, and reading the newspaper, and that was the best part, was their biscuits, and they had the little fake honey that would go with it. God. Oh, man. And, at Clemson, we had this place, I don't remember what it was called, but it was the oddest buffet you've ever been to. Half of it was Italian, and the other half was Chinese. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a buffet. So like 14 different types of carbs, <laughs> noodles, <laughs> pasta, 
to fill you up, and then you had, had some protein. Night of party, and you go to that place, yeah. man. You can do some business. Did they have there. like a, a small salad bar off to the side that you didn't even look at? Like, don't even look at the salad bar. I just, don't even know. Yeah, you I don't see, even know. you didn't even pay attention. Just no. go straight for the carbs. Shoney's Burger Bar. That was. Oh that, my god! I forgot only, about that. That was a big deal. Oh, you, your burger would be like. Eight, uh, you just eight inches like, tall. Yeah, he's it was a burger. It, it was a burger salad. I mean, it, it really was. was a burger. It was a salad, salad bar with burgers. With burger stuff. Eighties <laughs> <sighs> were good, and early nineties yeah, were good, man. The early nineties. I, I, I miss those. All right. Well, until next time. See you later. There's only really crappy buffets left. <laughs> <laughs>